1: Ain't nothing gonna break y'all stride. You can listen to Jackie on Spotify. Oh no, you got to download Spotify. This show, along with all your other LPN favorites, are going exclusive to Spotify on Valentine's Day 2020. Break out the wine and the champagne. That means you'll only be able to listen to this episode, future episodes, and our entire back catalog of shows over on Spotify starting on February 14th. But Spotify accounts are free and easy to create. Even my mother has one. You can listen to all of our shows on Spotify right now. And you can download episodes for offline listening with your free account. The Last Podcast Network and all your favorite music in one place. What are you waiting for? Me to kiss you on the lips? Get a little bit closer with your consent. Listen to The Last Podcast Network. Free on Spotify. beloved, We are gathered here today to get through a thing called life. Um I just listened to I was I was rushing to get here in, in Oobs, and I the the dude was like, So what do you want to listen to? And I was like, I wanna listen to Prince! And I we both like kept playing Let's Go Crazy. Nice. I think we listened to it about four times in a row. Wow. And if you want to pick a song that is the ultimate pump-up song. Let's go crazy. I mean, there's so, so many. Good.
2: Is this episode just going to be us all differently singing different Prince songs <laughs> at the same time yes. in falsetto voices? they not going to let the elevator break us down. Oh, no, let's go.
0: I needed this episode because I am, I want to say, like a secret. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say I'm not a fan. I don't know how to describe this. It's like I've always liked Prince, I've always enjoyed his music. Have I ever sat down and actually listened to a Prince album? No. Have I seen Purple Rain? No. Is it something that it's like I've always recognized Prince is good and almost been intimidated by his catalog and by how much stuff that he's put out that's amazing. So this – I needed this episode to force me to sit down and just let – this man's music wash over me in a wave, like wave after wave after wave. Uh, it's unbelievable, and we've only—I'm going to go ahead and say this now. Spoiler alert, whatever, so everybody can like whatever with it. Oh, uh, we're only getting through Purple Rain on today's episode. It's for lucky up, up oh through Purple God. Rain.
1: I don't even know. I don't even know. It is. It's the the man. Has 39 albums. Yeah. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine of How them. How many
2: did you count the songs? Oh
1: my no. You know what? I didn't count the songs, but I'm sure it's some, lots and lots and lots some, because there's a, there are quite a few double
2: double LPs? What do you call yes, them? Yes, double albums, double Triple LPs. Doubles, completely separate albums in the same year multiple times. Like not yeah. connected to one another. He's a he's a song machine. And then, so re- for Christmas,
0: I wanted to go out big for my brother for Christmas this year because, like, I actually had enough money to give him, like, a really good gift, and it's been a while for me a little bit. Thank you, Patreon. He's, like, yeah, thank you, <laughs> yes. Patreon. He is, like, a classically good gift giver. So I had seen a Pitchfork review for this re released deluxe edition of 1999, and I looked it up, and they had this vinyl release of that and I that's what I got for him for his birthday and it was like I forget how many it's a ludicrous amount of LPs or of records it is like a bunch of records because it's all this extra content that he didn't even release that he recorded around the uh, uh during those sessions that's also amazing it's hours so so you know when he passed away Everybody did talk about this, the vault of Prince. Like, we've only gotten, with these 39 albums or whatever it is, we've only gotten a small taste of the amount of music that he's recorded in his lifetime. Oh, yeah. The man is prolific, and... And the shit that he didn't even put out is some of the best shit you could ever write.
1: It really, it's it's insane. His genius, and I know that that is something that, I mean, you cannot deny, whether you are into Prince's music or if you are not, his music what? is next
2: level. Who's not into Prince's music? Well, especially,
1: he had so many different Areas There's just some people that are not into funk. There's people that aren't into r and B. I I think these people are wrong, yeah. but they, these people do exist, and that's okay.
0: This is why I am a little bit of a sleeper on Prince that I talked about just now. I'm really not super into the sound of the 80s, or at least I wasn't classically for many, many years. Up until more recently, now that I'm more into pop and things, I can go back to it and really admire it. But I did not really like the synth. Sound and this is the sound that Prince perfected and brought to the forefront this literally they call it the Minneapolis synth sound wave that happened that he was the pioneer of the coolest trick He did was he took funk and he took R&B and he took rock and roll and he took new wave and he put it all together into this fucking monster sound that is
1: unbelievable but for me you can never call that sound magic because if there's one thing I've learned in this research he does not like his stuff to be referred to as magic because (laughs) that's Michael Jackson's word But he said that's
2: not my word that's how you describe Jackson's music but a very (laughs) controversial thing we'll talk about in the next episode somebody does call him magic in his later years yes and Uh, I was shocked when you told me this because because he really hates being described as magic because he says that funk
1: is rational. Ah! and uh, Which is such an interesting way to look at it because then you think behind the brain of such a genius that he looks at it in a way that I think that certain artists look at what they're doing and they're creating art and they're saying something and, like, and he is doing all those things but most of all, I feel like he makes music because he is music. Yeah. I don't think he thinks in any other way outside of himself and his music and that's what's like, I I've never been
2: that obsessed with anything in my life. Do you think his little tiny body is just filled with notes? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's Maybe he's too. That's a little
0: magical sounding. He's shorter than I am. But it makes sense because magic is Disney, right? Magic yes. is, and that is Michael Jackson. That is all his weird aesthetic. And Prince was not that. He was, like, raw sexual energy. Also, though, one of the things that I thought was amazing, and I did kind of know this because, of course, 1999 is, like, essentially an anti-Cold War anthem – but he, how political he was as well. Like everybody thinks Prince, they think just sex, 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 well, and he's a he sex felt a lot. Like, and I mean, jack you off, head, all this stuff for sure. It was like sexier than I even thought it was on the onset. I was like, wow, this guy song
2: about ma- fucking his sister.
0: Yeah, he talks about it, incest, baby. It's a lot. But he also talked about po- politics. Like he literally names of songs referencing the president and you know nuclear warfare and. All this stuff as well. Controversy is such a cool album because of that. And immediately he was doing that. Usually someone gets big enough to where they start talking about politics and stuff. And then they a lot of times they have a lot of a fan base turnaround because of that. He was doing it before he was even that big. He well, was, he was
2: bigger than his britches from the start, which we'll yes. obviously talk about here. But yes. he is confident. <laughs> yes. And also
1: because so and on top of all that what Prince really brought to the conversation about gender and fashion in a time where oh, David Bowie—oh my God—the oh. fashion is insane—but David Bowie was, you know, pioneering this huge movement. I don't know if it was, I know it wasn't just David Bowie, but I'm saying lots of people were a part of this. And Prince really solidified—you know—he's wearing high heels, he's wearing lace gloves, and he's making the world think about how a man or a woman should
2: dress, pushing oh, the boundaries Jackie. of taste and accessibility. Can I can I put a suggestion in the suggestion box for you? Please. Could, could you could you do um twenty twenty one Purple Rain of Terror. Ooh, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Goth Purple Rain. So I need more, f- thr- uh, like, frills. Yeah, But also I lace. feel like then
1: the problem is I'm going to have to start wearing those little tiny panties that Apollonia wears. And I
2: wear usually primarily thongs, but I don't know if I want it that tiny no, in the front. No, I think it's more about layers. You need a lot of scarves. I would
1: say it's like a pirate
0: hooker.
2: Yes.
1: oh Oh, by- so you're talking about like a mix of <laughs> Prince and Stevie Nicks? I can do yes. this. <laughs> <laughs> oh girl You could it I can it definitely on. do this I'll get some shawls Don't you fucking
0: Stop me from doing it Oh my god By the way also Prince tried to give Stevie Nicks Purple Rain Back when it was more Like a country song And she was too Intimidated by it I did my research Yeah I did
2: you my did. damn research I'd be terrified to, I would sincerely Be scared to work With Prince
1: Well because that's I think that this is Also another thing That I really want To get into Is separating here At least for me The idea of who he was as a person and his music. Yeah, you're scaring me a little bit. I didn't get as much of this
0: from my research and I feel like you're going to have to educate me on why you think he's a horrible monster,
1: Jackie. He's not a monster. Hot take. I just would never want to be friends with him. <laughs> it would be I would want to like, have a really great weekend with him. But outside <laughs> of that, I think it's like, because this is the problem. Is you watch like I honestly, and I also confession alert. watched Purple Rain for the first time with wow. this, and in watching how he treats women, and overall just how he treats other people in his life. Well. he see he sees himself as a genius because he is a genius. Yeah, and he doesn't trust anyone else's opinion. Yeah, because he is the number one about everything that he does. Oh so my God, Jackie, it, stop describing yourself. You hush. <laughs> but then on top of it, then I watched how many hours I watched him. Perform and all these clips of him on stage, yeah. and I'm mesmerized. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. It's just
2: it's just palpable. Like I I feel like being like dirty when I hear most of his albums. Or you're just like it gives you goosebumps still. Yes. Even when the music's like 25 years old, you're just yeah. like oh, this fucks so hard. Like this could be a song that came out today and sure. it would be such a slam hit.
0: And no one can recapture some of it. I mean, no one has done anything like when doves fly. It is just its own in its own league. You say when it's doves just fly? This- when Doves Cry. When Doves Cry. You say, this
2: is what it's only when doves cry. That's okay. <laughs> Last night when we were talking about Darling Nikki, I called it Little Nikki a couple times, which is- Like the Adam Sandler which movie. Which is the Adam Sandler movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it should be a very
2: different song.
1: Um, let's jump into it because we let's do it. not have more time to waste. <laughs> yes. Let's oh my God. Let's get into it, Prince.
0: Ugh. Born
1: in- June of
0: 1958 as Prince Rogers Nelson in Minneapolis Minnesota oh
1: uh, I wonder if he was a gem and I is he a gem uh yeah he uh and
0: and Minneapolis is like going to be this major set piece for his entire life and it's something I didn't even realize till I visited Minneapolis and someone's like yeah he loved it here he lived here all throughout his life that's where Paisley
1: Park is and it's like and it makes more sense of why if you go back to our Lizzo episode of why Lizzo ended up working with Prince Mm -hmm. because
2: she also is a part of the Minneapolis sound and much like our John Waters episode where he uses Baltimore as his backdrop he very much uses Minneapolis as Inspiration first. Yes Oh my god
0: And much like our Joan Rivers episode Oh my
2: god Go <laughs> How is it like it?
0: I have no. It'll be an episode Of content about A person's life
2: <laughs>
1: Boo. That's all I have
0: so, so his mother Was a jazz singer Named Maddie Della And his father Was a pianist And songwriter Named John Lewis Nelson Whose stage name Was Prince Rogers His mother and father Performed in a jazz group Called the Prince Rogers Trio
1: And this is another fun thing too which I didn't even honestly in looking at prints you don't expect that his first name is actually Prince. Yes. He was actually right. named, Prince named Prince after his father's stage name and also his father said because he wanted him to do everything that I couldn't do.
0: Hell yeah. And I love too that his grandparents are from Louisiana and if you've ever been to Louisiana, specifically New Orleans, music is a part of every inch of that city and I think that it's just in the blood for this guy. Like it was predestined that he would become this major, major musical act. As a kid he didn't like his name actually and had
1: people refer to him as Skipper.
2: Which is uh ugh, that's not better.
1: <laughs> no, it makes you think but, of the uh, was it Skip in Sex and Sex in the City? What was the name? Oh of yes I think his name was Skipper. Skipper, it was annoying. Yeah, whatever it was was, was annoying. Ugh,
2: <laughs> but no, it's it is a it's a b a big name to put on a child because you are essentially saying like you're royalty. You have to adhere to all these things. You have to achieve all these things. Yes, I can right. see that being a little Uh, Intimidating As a kid
0: Oh for sure And he really
2: did have A
1: tumultuous relationship With his parents as well Which we will see later on And in Purple Rain It's a little exaggerated Yes But it was I I don't think that they had A very good relationship But on top of it Apparently Maddie Shaw His mother Was a fun loving Party girl With a stubborn Irrational streak And Uh he said That she would spend What little money The family had For survival On partying with her friends Then trespass Into my bedroom Borrow my personal money that I'd gotten from babysitting local kids and then chastised me for even questioning her regarding the broken promises she made to pay me back. Good lord. (laughs) Rough. I'm sorry, this is also all written in Prince's own, because Prince has his own um, (laughs) way of writing. So all of his notes that are transcribed is in the idea that's like money is always the money symbol. It's all this weird shorthand that you kind of have to string together.
2: Eyes are the cartoon eye. Yeah. um, kind of like a middle schooler
1: yes also by the way and this
0: is one of those weird is he like joan a little bit where he maybe makes things up sometimes or there's this whole story about how he so. had ep- epilepsy in childhood suffering from seizures at a young age until one day he just snapped out of it which sounds insane to me
1: didn't he say like an
2: angel took the epilepsy away from he, him yeah, or something or something his like mother that. that yeah yeah in which it does sound like A little bit of a tall tale Though, Although
1: I had read Some interviews and accounts Of friends that knew him In school when he was young And he did have seizures okay. So maybe he just grew out of it Maybe the yeah. an angel didn't take it away Well
2: but isn't To an extent I, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm Incorrect about seizures To anybody who has seizures But part of it is A mental state as well Like can you sort of If you have certain disorders You can kind of Work your way out of that. I imagine, but I, he probably would have had to go to therapy for that. And if there's
1: one thing I'm really picking up, what he's putting down, I don't think he ever went to therapy. No, <laughs> and but, I think maybe he needed some but therapy.
2: That that boy and that man had a will like nobody else. This you is know.
0: true. This is true. We will talk about his work ethic, too, in a little bit. It is obscene. He writes his first song at the age of seven, which was called A Funk Machine. Hell yeah.
1: He always knew where he was going, baby. I wish
0: that existed. I couldn't find that anywhere. But at just 10 years old, his parents divorced. His mother remarried and had a kid who Prince did not get along with well, which led to him always being in between homes a little bit. He was always switching back and forth, which is always going to be a disaster for a healthy childhood.
1: And on top of that, th- I think that th- something that we're also glossing over is the fact that his father was an- was also a very good musician. Yes. And this is a big part of that I... I think that he had a lot of issues, or so it seems, that he was never going to be as good as his father is. And that is, I'm assuming, part of what drove him is just he really thought that he would never be as good as his father. But also, right. and
2: I think conversely, his father never felt like he made it far enough and put that on his son. Oh, for sure. stereotypical stage dad situation.
0: For sure. Uh, So his stepbrother, the stepbrother Baker did, however, end up taking Prince to see James Brown in concert, among other things. Clearly got a lot of that stage presence influence from James Brown, if you've ever seen a James Brown live performance and work ethic, honestly, because that guy was intense. So while living with his father... He bought, uh, his father bought Prince his first guitar, but later Prince moved out and in with the neighbors, the Andersons. He
1: actually got kicked out of his father's house. Oh! And he got kicked out of his father's house because um, he his father walked in on him in bed with a girl in his own home while oh. he, when he had gotten home from work and he kicked him out and he said, I sat crying at a phone booth for two hours. That's the last time I cried. Wow. Jesus. Good he Lord. said he moved into the Anderson's basement who was a, a good friend of his Why and he, he said- Why didn't he cry again? You know, I don't- you, He's steel. He's made out of steel. He oh. cries in purple rain. He does. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's false. It's false tears. <laughs>
2: Did you just Google sad prince stories? Is that Did what happened, happened? <laughs> Jackie? I have none so of this must in my be notes. sad Okay, so he moved in with his neighbors. Yes, yeah, so he that. moved into
1: the the. Um, the basement of his neighbors and he turned the bedroom into a rehearsal space as well and you referred to it as a hedonistic wonderland where he and Anderson engaged in carnal acts with a variety of girlfriends.
0: Wow. (laughs) Andre. Andre, who would end up being the bassist for Prince in later years as a part of his act the revolution so it goes all the way back to then man i bet those were some nutty nights and i'm and nutty is the word right cuz they were probably nutting all over the place huh? they, they
1: were Ugh. they were they were nuttin all over the place and they the were they, i mean they were he was pretty young right yeah yeah and this is also at the same time so you got to think of how young they were Because Prince's first band actually formed when he was 13 and the group was called the Grand Central and then eventually it turned into Champagne. It was Prince, his cousin Charles, and then Andre was also in that band. And they played original music in the style of Sly and the Family Stone and Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I'll tell you what, back
0: at that age, I could have filled up a milk carton with my dirty (laughs) nut. I'm just
1: saying, I must have been a crazy. Be ashamed of your sexuality. Oh my God, at 13, are are, you kidding me? I watched uh, watched (laughs) Astronaut's Wife every day. (laughs) Right? I was a masturbating maniac, and I would watch all those movies where they're like, All these boys are always masturbating all the time. Like, but what
2: about me? I'm masturbating (laughs) constantly. I wish I would have figured that out, but I didn't figure it out by 13.
1: Oh, yeah. I was going to town. Once I figured out the hot button, I was
2: like, oh, my God. Man.
1: I mean, it's the
0: episode to talk about—just dirty fun. It's
2: it's, there's just so much sexuality in his music. How can you? Constant,
0: constant. He also, though, was a bit of a jock. He played football, basketball, and baseball at Central High School in Minneapolis while being pushed by his father to pursue music. Also, also, if you remember the Dave Chappelle. Uh, episode where I believe it's Charlie, Charlie Murphy, right? It's Is, all
1: real, yes.
0: It's all real that he was really good on the court and he His would be obsessed with body. basketball for many years. There was one interviewer that uh, wrote a book about him that talked about how, you know, he was a pretty normal guy to talk to. He liked simple things like basketball. He liked to talk music, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I do love that he was such a animal on the court. It's so funny and everyone should go look at that Charlie Murphy story on Dave Chappelle.
1: And the- Speaking of this time, so he's not only, so he's a jock star apparently he was good at every sport that he tried to do, as well as like, he was then teaching himself every instrument he could get his hands yep. on. And during all of this, he's also showing up at school, which especially at this time, he's showing up to school in high heels, in like, in like in gregarious fashion for the time for a boy to wear to school. And he didn't give a fuck. He just Hell wanted yeah. to dress however he fucking wanted to dress. Dress and go for him. But imagine that, like, thinking of that and how even at that age and me thinking of trying to dress differently than everybody else, but then on top of it, also being a, a jock star. like right. that's Like,
2: what power that is. He's got some brass cojones yeah. on
1: him. And
0: he also was a student at the Minnesota Dance Theater through a public school urban arts program, so he's learning all the moves as well. And, I mean, you... Listen to the music all the time and you're like, Prince is so fucking good. I can't believe you played like all of these instruments on these albums, especially on the early records. Then you watch Purple Rain or last night I put on Prince Sign O' The Times, which is a live concert and I believe it is free on Amazon Prime, by Mm -hmm. the way, so... Check it out, mm-hmm. man. And we will talk more about sign of the time. We're not we're not even gonna get to sign yeah, of the we're time. Not we're not even getting, close there. We're not to this getting buddy. there yet. But his moves are crazy. His moves yes. are also lightning fast sometimes. You're like, I cannot believe that you're able to move like this while also fucking rocking out and singing these songs. It is just the whole package and of course he was studying dance at an early age it really really shows
1: also if you've never seen Prince live if you've never seen any clips of it stop right now and yeah. go watch them because just it's his dance moves are insane and the fact that he's doing all of this while playing and singing and I just I can't
2: my loins get set I, of kn- flame. I know it's crazy you get so amped nutting like a Christmas goose too You, you what now
0: what happened <laughs> just Did you say nutting Christmas all over. goose? He's just as nut as it's like a squirrel. Oh, yeah. It's like
1: an opposite squirrel. He's just shooting it out everywhere. I mean everybody's nutting in the audience. Everybody's like I'm it's hard for <laughs> my loins. I on top of it, Jeff Did is you just out of call town. Him an opposite squirrel. Yeah, an
0: opposite squirrel because instead of gathering the nuts, he's sort oh, of he gives putting the them nuts out. away. Yeah, he's giving them away. He's he the nuts away. Oh, yeah, a yeah,
1: perfect. Metaphor. He is an opposite squirrel. <laughs> right? He's a very generous squirrel.
0: <laughs> now, tell us oh, another God. sad story to make us upset again, Jackie. Don't
1: Please. worry, we'll get upset later on. <laughs> I know we have to, we're I already we've got so much more to go yeah
0: I'm barely into the first page of my notes here he meets a man named Jimmy Jam in 1973 just I thought 15- you made
1: that up by the way it was no. like Jimmy Jam Holden <laughs>
0: meets a man named Jimmy Jam no it's Jam. <laughs> <laughs> at just 15 years old who spots okay, his holding. mini talents starts working with him Jimmy Jam's this producer guy at 17 years old he joins his cousin's husband's band 94 East along with Andre the bassist where he contributed guitar tracks and some songwriting on that so we starting to get organized a little bit, starting to work with people. It's 18 years old that he ends up with producer Chris Moon recording a demo tape, which Moon took to Minneapolis. Uh, this Minneapolis businessman, Own Husney. I know, all these names sound like they are from, uh, like, a musical, like, Newsies or something. You know what I mean? Yes. But anyways, he goes to Own Hunsy, Husney rather, who signs Prince to a management contract and puts together an, uh, this uh, uh, an even stronger demo tape.
1: And actually Chris Moon He met when he was making music With Champagne Ah. And then Chris Moon is the person That actually encouraged him to use the name Prince because at this point In time Prince wanted to be called Mr. Nelson because that was his Last name and Chris Moon Said I said look let me break it down for you this way. There's this white guy named Willie. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. But we don't want you getting confused with Willie Nelson, which is why he went with <laughs> Prince, which I think that that's
2: uh, pretty quickly He could not have been confused
1: I, well, with yeah. Willie
2: Nelson. I wonder if it's because Prince made him think of his dad and he didn't want to have that connotation. In right. Brain. I could te- definitely see that. very possible too. Yes. I could
0: definitely see that being a thing. So, But he needs this businessman to really package him. And I think that's what gets him starting on the path of what it is to be a rock star, what it is to be a big star. It's it's more than just good music. It's more than just the dance moves. You've got to put it all together. And this actually gets him a recording contract with Warner Brothers, who even at the time is like a huge, huge, huge label for your first label it's oh yeah crazy and, and 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 this is the audacity of prince we're going to start it right now and the most mind-blowing part is when we get to purple rain we'll talk about that then but he somehow manages even though he's got no, he's 18 years old yes. he's got nothing behind him somehow he gets full creative control for three albums uh, and uh, the retaining of his publishing rights.
1: He was the youngest ever signed and the contract allowed Prince almost complete artistic control. But that how? Is, remember we were just talking about Mariah Carey so this Mariah Carey is Mariah Carey's years later right. and still where it's like they wouldn't give like even she was groundbreaking because she
2: was a woman that
1: got yeah. it. But that's uh, yeah. also
2: many years after this. Well it's just it doesn't make okay He, I know he doesn't <laughs> like being called magic but this is an irrational thing. Come Does up with a happen? different word. Come up with a different uh, word. Mi- mystic?
1: Mi- mystical? He's the mystical prince. Kitty cat.
2: Now we're just no. doing cats. No, it's like cats. <laughs> he's everything is cats.
0: Prince is jellicle.
1: Oh, he's oh. a jellical. He, oh my God, he is a jellical.
0: Right? Oh, he's
1: so <laughs> mad somewhere. Isn't that is amazing? So mad somewhere?
0: Um, God, he'd be pissed at us for comparing him to cats. Uh, probably. I'm going to assume.
1: Um, At the time, his manager said about him signing with Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers was just the right place for him to be because they were a very artist-friendly label. And also, he had turned down a number of top producers that would have produced him on his album. I trusted him so much that I fought for him to be his own producer. That's from Owen Husney, who was his then-manager.
0: Gotcha. So let's talk about... For, For you. you. His debut album, which is very good. It's not a breakout at all. And I do like that that's part of his story. He did struggle at first. He didn't just immediately pump out the hits. Uh He's, he's recording this at Studio 80 in Minneapolis.
1: Although, did you listen to For You? Because yeah, I love For it. You
2: is a great it's, album. It's great, yeah. but I had never heard any it. of those No, I never songs. heard it.
0: Me neither. It was fucking awesome. And uh, but, So yeah, he's recording at Studio 80 in Minneapolis where he cuts his last demo with producer David Rivkin but Warner Brothers chose Tommy Vicari to executive produce the effort who is known for his
1: work with Carlos Santana. So we have to talk about this for a second because if sure. you look at For You it says it is produced, arranged, composed, and performed by Prince. Yes. That is what the album says. So Although Prince would produce for you himself, Tommy Vacari, who had worked with everyone from Billy Preston to Santana, was brought in to serve as executive producer because says Owen Husney, who is his manager, Lenny did say to us, you've gotta have somebody who's got gold albums on the wall already, which is why David Z suggested Tommy Vacari. So Tommy Vacari, even though he is technically the executive producer while making it, Was not on the album because afterwards, because he just Prince wouldn't listen to
0: him. Prince steamrolls him. Steamrolls him. Vicari refers to this time as just absolutely draining, absolutely demasculate, like just miserable because Prince is just not. Listening is not taking His advice you know he will listen to him If he says something he agrees with he'd put it in But other than that and that is crazy To, to hear that for a very first Album
1: for a 19 year old and then On top of it that er, apparently Earth Wind and Fire's Maurice White who's the Producer of uh, Earthwind and Fire wanted To produce P- Prince and Prince Also said no to that because He wanted to do it by himself that he didn't Want any old fashioned shit it's Wow. He, he'd said that he Wanted to reject the styles of art R&B at the time. He thought that he was greater than, already starting out, than what had come before him. Even though it influenced him and he very much appreciated it, he wanted to be better than all of the
2: quote-unquote black music that was out at the time. Right. It's... It is mind-blowing. And I guess that it sort of lends itself a little bit that he was a kid, that you could have that sort of arrogance. But he was accurate at the same time, but he just, to just imagine this little tiny child just stomping on everybody as he's making this album, just going, nope, 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 I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And they're just going right. to be like, well, I oh, I guess we're going to just listen to this kid because yeah. he's got the deal.
0: Vicari does convince Prince to move the project. One thing he was able to convince him of is to move the project to a studio in Sausalito, California, a place called The Record Plant. That's where most of the basic tracks and everything are recorded over three months. All vocals and instruments, 27 total, were done by Prince, including guitar, bass, piano, keyboard, orchestra bells, and drums. This is... Obscene. Like if you've ever seen a recording process, looked at what that is, and heard this
1: album, which sounds really Amazing. good. It sounds like a full <laughs> band of real people yes. performing, and it sounds like a whole choir of people singing with it. Like it's nuts.
2: It is. Yes. Uh, I, I. This might be a controversial, Uh-oh. controversial. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have okay. contri- multiple controversial of these, corner I think, on this Controvers- episode. I am actually a little afraid of Prince ghost hearing this and cursing me. But right, I—it's a great album, but I don't feel like it's him. Like I, it, he didn't develop his own style at this point. it, it sounds very of the time. Well, he's and also it's, very young. He's still figuring it out. Yes, Billie Eilish figured it out. Oh, okay, That's oh
1: my she's god, a billionaire, and she was a millionaire <laughs> before she started. Listen. <laughs>
0: It is true, though. She did figure it out at age 17, which is kind of insane.
1: No, her older brother did well, yeah, who I had was, been a producer for a long time, but like, we're not gonna get entire, into that.
2: Her entire family helped. Maybe but.
1: utilizing <laughs> her as a marketing tool, but we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> we well, will, though. we should definitely do an
0: episode on Billie Eilish at some point.
2: Sure. But
0: yeah, it is it is you're right. It is him still discovering the sound yeah. he's trying to find. He doesn't even find it on his next album, which is a bit right. more of a breakthrough. Soft and wet is the closest he's gonna get on this album to the prince defining sound that we get to with controversy nineteen ninety nine. Right, and the open sexuality
2: stuff. stuff. It's like a little yes. bit, it's it's pulled back a it's little traditional. bit. Well, and This it's is actually why I wanted to talk about
1: it is because Chris Moon, the dude that we were just talking about, is someone that worked with him to help him write this song even though he does not get any credit for it. Mm. And Chris Moon, I think that we can attribute some of his double entange Ooh. and the beginning of it in Soft and Wet because it says Moon, I thought... Guys are probably not gonna be the primary audience for a five foot two falsetto singing guy. It's probably (laughs) gonna be girls. And it's probably going to be younger girls who think he's cute and sexy. But I decided that because we're dealing with younger people, the sexual component can't be blatant. That's why we need a double entendre that infuses his music with some sexual energy. The song is about a kiss, but it can be inferred that the song is about other things as well, which is where most people's minds go. So Soft and Wet was conceived as a marketing tool by Prince and Chris Moon to start, which is like eventually we will see even more and more later on. This was testing the water to see how would this work? And I think that's really cool. And then you listen to Soft and Wet, and what's funny is, I feel like, yes,
0: I could see where he was coming from, thinking that it would only be effective on younger younger women, but little did they know just how profound cocaine would be in the 80s. Therefore, how <laughs> yeah. much everyone would just fucking love this falsetto voice, funk
2: rock Everyone wants to get freaky once the cocaine rolls. <laughs> yes. I mean,
1: it just, it's, he's just, I mean, later on, I swear, you can hear other i could hear other people slipping and sliding in their own <laughs> seats I can hear it in the clips
0: Just co- just face covered uh. in powder uh, Yeah, I, I, one, of, one of my little factoids I really want to get out there about for you before we move on is the initial track, the first track of the album that he did 46 vocal lines layered into it, and that's all the kind of stuff he was doing in post-production 46 different vocal tracks layered, and again, that's insane! And yeah, that's again, insane.
1: I've never been obsessed with anything to that point ever yes. in my life
0: yeah that's that gets that gets to like Kubrick levels of perfectionism and things like that Uh, so yeah they uh, another another prince saying fuck you Warner Brothers chooses an art director to design the album cover Prince just books his own photographers uh, to do it and that's where we get the photo that you see Prince's face lit by candlelight in a dark room Uh, and he referred to himself Prince actually referred to himself as a physical wreck when all was said and done the cost of recording ended up being twice the initial advance from the record company and the album does not light the world on fire as we said it reaches number 163 on the Billboard 200 chart and number 21 on the Billboard R&B Albums chart. And that is another indicator of where we're at in time when it comes to the racial divide of music. And I really want to start highlighting that now because that is the hurdle Prince must overcome is getting from R&B to the mass audience. Getting from, because R&B is just, it's like that was essentially dubbed black people music uh, for lack of a better term. And the Billboard Top 100 or whatever that was where pop and rock and all this stuff and it wasn't married yet there was it was not the space for black music weirdly enough it was kept separate in this gross way
1: it's not that there wasn't the space for black music there wasn't the space for what he wanted to be was music for anybody yes he wanted to he wanted anyone to hear it no matter what they were no matter what they identified with and see his music and be like i enjoy this well yes. yeah and i
2: also i think Probably it It helped him uh, Develop his own Style from the fact That this album Didn't Hit that hard He used that as a Motivation to to Kind of break out Because I think he When he did that album He was trying to fit Into a mold a little bit Right Still right. And I think that um, Him not succeeding As much as he wanted to With it made him test other test like really come into himself basically Yes, yeah. yeah,
0: it's it's this hurdle that is forcing him into the Prince will know also around this time uh, they're not called the Revo- uh, the revolution yet specifically but he is because he has to play live shows so he needs to actually start actually Prince working with other people so he pulls together uh, bassist Andre Simone Des Dickerson on guitar Gail Chapman and Dr. Fink on keyboards and Bobby Z on drums they will eventually be called the revolution this is an eclectic mix from many Minneapolis's North Side. Their first show was at the Capri Theater in January of 1979. After which they did headlining club shows, starting with the Roxy in West Hollywood in November in 1979. Before cutting their which teeth, is still there? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, and then they uh, cut their teeth opening for Rick James's Fire It Up tour for 42 dates.
1: Now, so the members that you mentioned are the OG OG members. They are not what you will see later on yes. as the Revolution in Purple Rain. That, of course is bringing in pianist Lisa Coleman Ugh. and then there's Brown so Mark good. who's the bassist he took yeah. over for Andre Simone and um, also Wendy Melvoin yes. who comes so in and replaces fucking, Dickerson she's who's awesome, awesome. Fucking hell, hot as fuck all of them are amazing and he purposely wanted
0: women musicians yes, with him so in his band, which I love he, he made it a big point he worked better with women in general. He, he uh, the record, we'll, we'll get to it, but for Purple Rain, he even pulled in for recording engineers, specifically to women, to record and stuff. And he just really, I think, there was something about the way that he worked with females a little bit better over males. And that was a, a purposeful thing for him.
1: According to uh, Brian Z, he memorably described the band as Prince's embellishers. We embellished his music vision. Prince was also openly not a team- player. He said the reason I don't use musicians a lot of time had to do with the hours that I worked. So this is when he told this is what he told Rolling Stone in 1985. I swear to God it's not out of boldness when I say this, but there's not a person around who can stay awake as long as I can. Music is what keeps me awake. The, I mean, he again, his obsession. If he could have just maybe gone to a therapist at one point. <laughs> maybe he could have like we could have talked about this a little bit of and I know that you're a genius and you're making you're making incredible music, but well, let's let's communicate a little bit better. He, he
0: said, there will be times when I've been working in the studio for 20 hours and I'll be falling asleep in the chair, but I'll still be able to tell the engineer what cut I want to make. I use engineers in shifts a lot of the time, because when I start something, I like to go all the way through. There are very few musicians that will stay awake that long.
2: That's That's how I feel about podcasting. I can just... <laughs> talk and talk and talk for 20 hours straight. I'm that passionate about it.
0: Natalie will just be like, we are, our uh, uh, Joan Rivers episode with Natalie was actually 24 straight hours 24 long. 24 straight hours We long. had to edit it down because mm-hmm. we just and literally, I there was a fake me that came in. There was a fake Jackie what? that came in. Yeah, it was just yeah but they were just dress.
2: birds and we're just going... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't didn't even
2: notice I was so in the moment talking
0: it's unbelievable and she literally Natalie carries a whip with her to strike Jackie to strike and then also to
2: strike herself I mean we don't need the self-flagellation sometimes you have to to keep it going she wears a
0: scarlet a on her chest to let everyone know she's had sex before
2: it's oh, unbelievable no, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's my brother's uh, wife yeah, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the most uh, sexual podcaster <laughs> oh, it is definitely bad. not me I'm known as that
0: I've got a million analogies I don't want to discuss to any of our listeners though I'll, I'll keep them to myself Um <laughs> So, (laughs) I Wanna Be Your Lover is the big hit that he gets off of Prince the album, which is his follow-up to For You, which he quickly puts together, mind you, because the first album did not set the world on fire. He wants a stronger release. Again, he's, of course, writing, arranging, producing, uh, composing and performing the entire thing himself. He had some vocal harmony done by his friend Andre Simone on the song Why You Wanna Treat Me So Bad, but he does get I Wanna Be Your Lover over it is, uh, and the video for it showcases his playing every instrument and singing on the song which is a lot of fun to watch
1: did you see the cover of the album and the back cover of the LP because Uh, oh my god the front Prince is shirtless a halo of Farrah Fawcett waves on the back of the LP his intentions to kick against rock and soul conventions were clear there he was sans clothes riding atop a winged white horse a Dionysian (laughs) nymph Full of sexual intent. Dionysian, Nisian, is that how I you think, say it? Dior. right? I know it's Dionysus, a Dionysian Di- nymph. Dionysian <laughs> Full of sexual intent, and it is i mean, it's thro—he's throbbing uponst. Oh my God! Where, where is that
2: description? <laughs>
1: yeah, where, where is was that? I—I I forgot. I read this description. I was I like, yeah. That.
2: All of his album that. covers are truly extraordinary. Yeah, they really pop. You're yeah. like,
0: damn, especially after this one. With uh, dirty mind is like wow 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 what <laughs> it's a hajimachi wow. yeah yeah I did I said I did this a lot this week just, wow 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 <laughs> I did that a lot just listening to and viewing Prince yeah I mean
1: especially I've been alone because Jeff is out of town and so I I openly did watching a clip of him yesterday I was going swing swing <laughs> to absolutely no one except myself. <laughs>
0: So he does have two other R&B hits on Prince the Album, Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad and Sexy Dancer. Uh, he did I Want to Be Your Lover and Treat Me So Bad, both on callback to a previous episode, American Bandstand in 1980. He performed them, and he, uh, in classic Prince fashion, refused to speak with Dick Clark, only holding up, like, numbers and stuff to communicate and just smirking the whole time.
1: And apparently an astounded Dick Clark struggling to interview the shy singer Aww. and guitarist after the performance, even though Prince was just not speaking speaking to him, told Prince the music he played was not the kind of music that comes out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, yeah. which that made me, I, I wonder if Prince the whole continued stuff. to think about that of like, oh, it's not what comes out of Minneapolis? Right. You want to hear what I'm about to fucking bust your Make face open that. with? You know, I feel- yeah. I feel for Dick. Wow. That's, well, that's hard. I mean, I want to be your lover. I get it. It's not a we normal get American a sexy band episode, <laughs> but I don't know about all that.
0: Um, But yeah, and this, by the way, you're not going to hear a lot of quotes from Prince because he classically did not do interviews really. He kept to himself, he was a very private guy. I mean, that is a lot of times the type of person that's really big on stage is going to be really not big. In the private life and everything. But yeah, he he straight up doesn't do interviews all through Purple Rain.
1: It makes sense because he also is very open. This is from that same Rolling Stone interview from nineteen eighty five. He said, I used to tease a lot of journalists early on because I wanted them to concentrate on the music yeah. and not so much on me coming from a broken home. I don't live in the past. I don't play my old records for that reason. I make a statement, then move on to the next. It's almost as if he's saying, I don't have fucking time. To explain to you what I'm doing, to, to because he's writing, composing, do, so he's, do, he's singing, doing all of this for 39 albums. Well, smartly so too,
0: he is defining himself on stage and becoming this thing. Entity. That I don't think he wants to be set down on earth by you knowing what his childhood was like. I think he wants to be this thing that he's is, an alien. Well, That's he did yeah. like
2: that. He did yeah. eventually start writing his memoir. Um, sure. At the very the end beautiful of his life. ones. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yeah, but for most of it, he did want to seem just, I think, sort of uh, like a ethereal. Mys- a yes. Mystical. Mystical Mystical creature. Agelical. Agelical. J- he, he wanted to appear agelical.
0: Agelical. He was a bit of a, not a Mr. Mistopheles, because that was the magical cat. No, he's
1: a bit of a rum tum tugger. <laughs> a bit of a rum tum tugger. He's definitely tugging on salt. He is a rum tum tugger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right everybody, let's get into I think my initial like okay, this is when he's fucking putting out the hit jam shit with Dirty Mind. It is awesome. This is the end of 1980. It is him out fully as the sexual dynamo. He and he's finally like I am Sex. I he might as well he should have been called Sex, not Prince. Yeah, I got Dirty. It was dirty. He recorded mostly in his home studio. Many of the songs were cut in actually just one night. And it's notable for its shock value, and especially around this time. These songs would be shocking today, but yeah. it would it would be, st- uh, like, you know what I mean? But- back in the early 80s songs like head about seducing a bride to be with a very awesome pussy eating session i mean <laughs> you know what
1: i mean uh, uh, i was intrigued if you've listened i mean i'm intrigued right <laughs> i guess i guess i'll
2: try it if you say you're like that to good proposition you with a spectacular pussy eating session okay madam. i guess i should try before i get married uh <laughs> and then you have
0: sister which features the line incest is everything it's said to be which is a little, that's
2: rough. A little rough because he has an actual sister. Uh, and he I wasn't mean, close. I would be a little uncomfortable if oh, my brother yeah. made that song. Oh, yeah. I mean, I won't even let
1: my family listen to my podcast. You think I would let them listen to something that's just like, ah, suck, Jeffrey. Yes, you've met him. a <laughs> <I> suck <laughs> his dick,
2: mom.
0: <laughs> that's really catchy, though, I was looking Natalie
2: in the eyes <laughs> yeah. as yeah. I said it. That's there a really lot catchy. Of really un- uncomfortable things happening at once. <laughs> This is an uncomfortable episode. If you wanted to be more like Prince,
0: you'd you'd sing about fucking your brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm
2: glad you didn't say Henry in that song. No, 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 no. That would have been... We might have had to have stopped the podcast. It's for a no good,
0: bit. right? now, they've never on a podcast pretended like they had some weird sexual relationship or anything. No, that's it's never happened. never
2: happened
1: before. <laughs> but so, 1980s Dirty Mind switching the subject. Look at how good she is at switching the subject. Wow, um, look at that's her. That's really when he puts the Minneapolis sound on the map. Yes, it is when he's fusing different genres of music together. This is really this is when he takes a giant leap creatively, and for the first time, it's when Critics have started giving him his accolades similar to, oh, the plot line of purple rain yeah that, it, that he started yes. off thinking and
2: knowing he's
1: a genius and then and eventually it also, his beloved
2: I, it wasn't stuff i was super familiar with but i did hear songs on this that i had heard before mm-hmm. well when
0: when you were mine i think is one of the bigger ones i think that is a yeah. fantastic prince song one of his first great songs and apparently he actually wrote that on the balcony of a florida hotel room after declining an invite to join his band on a day trip to walt disney world and this was during which is hilarious to me this was during so I just love the mental image of him all pouty on a hotel balcony and then it it cutting over to, like, the rest of his band, like, riding rides and, like, laughing. We love it! (laughs) Also, though, apparently he was really struggling during this time, and that's why he had such a good creative output because uh, it really sucked being on tour with Rick James. Rick James, I didn't write down any quotes, but they were like laughably mean, like he really was a dick about Prince. And he was like, no one listens, wants to listen to that kind of shit, whatever, like, Rick James is a kind of a jerk. But he also,
1: at this time, because now we see Prince as the entity, the angelical entity that he is, but at the time, again, you have to remember things were very different then. And yes. even, there's all these... Um, stories about when they were touring when Prince of the Revolution are touring with the Rolling Stones yes. there's one in particular when they said they were at the LA Coliseum this is around the time after Dirty Mind comes out it says Prince hits the stage in his signature black bikini briefs and a trench coat expecting a similar enthusiastic reaction to what he was getting in the smaller venues on their tour it was quickly apparent however that the predominantly white rock oriented crowd was not feeling it the music wasn't the problem the the artist's new wave inflected funk may not have made sense to the older crowd, but it was Prince's androgynous appearance. He's getting booed. They're fuck throwing these at him. But what I love yeah. about it, though, is that what does he do because he's getting all of this bad backlash? He's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to dress even crazier. Right. And he then just triples Stamps down on his androgynous yeah. look and doing whatever the fuck he wants to do because he's trying to make harmony at the end of the day not make dissonance and I think that's also another point that that is huge when it comes to Prince is that he wasn't trying to push anyone out of the audience he wasn't trying to say I'm not a black artist he was trying to say that I am all of it I want to be
2: all of it it doesn't make sense to me that that happened at the Rolling Stones because that is also sort of a sexual androgynous Big
0: Jagger's so flamboyant Well this is what the weird hypocrisy That happens with people especially when it comes yeah. to Race yeah, and yeah. things like that totally. It is just it is and this is what He's trying to break through on is to become Known as this rock and roll God at the same time Of being this like funk infused thing Prince's publicist Howard Bloom said The record industry provides Probably the strangest example of Segregation since South African apartheid A frequent mm-hmm. unspoken separation of blacks and whites is subtly and insidiously damages our industry. If a Black Axe record is rock and roll and belongs to on AOR radio, that's too bad. The Black Special Markets department drops the record because it's not appropriate for black radio and the white AOR and pop departments generally refuse to touch the record because of the color of the artist who made it.
1: Which we were just, we have been talking about this on page seven because of Lil Nas X. Aww. And that, it's like, so this is still, still happening happens. to this day? The
0: Grammys just got a blasted for for this this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean and and, and not recognizing hip hop enough in in their ceremonies. I mean, it's still. An issue But
2: and also But in the in the, um, Wasn't the On the country music awards Like Billy Ray Cyrus got an award And they didn't For, for that song uh, Little really? not Lil Nas X Oh I don't oh. know Oh my Which is like That's ridiculous Yeah That's and insane And so it's
1: still happening Yeah
0: And you know And Prince is leaning into it Next his He names his next album Controversy And this is 1981 By the way Very little space In between these albums And there's a lot of good shit On these albums It continued his exploration Of dirty dirty Fuck fucking music with songs like <laughs> sexuality, Ugh. do me baby and jack you off. Prince said sex is something we can all understand. It's limitless.
1: Hell yeah, Prince. I love that. And because it is an umbrella under which all people for the most part can get underneath. I get why people are turned off by how sexual he is especially in this time. I get it. I mean sure. I don't because no, obviously I, I, do not get uh, I mean you guys have heard it you listen <laughs> to me, so I, I think that you uh, but I understand that it made some people uncomfortable. I could speak towards that a little bit because
0: yeah. I'm not you know, I've talked about classically I don't like like sexy TV shows and stuff. And it is I have to let go of a little bit of bul- of my own personal bullshit to like lean in to a to a song like Jack You Off. But once you do, it feels so good. Oh and, yeah, and, and, baby. And and also politically though, I really love his politics in this album. He said. It was a revelation recording this last album. I realized I could just write what was on my mind and things that I'd encountered and I didn't have to hide anything. The lyrics on the new album are straight from the heart, whereas the other albums were more feelings, more dreams and fantasies. And they stuck to the more basic formulas that I'd learned through playing top 40 material in old bands.
2: Yeah, totally. And I really loved how he got sort of guttural, like his his moans and his wails and stuff started coming up in these albums. Oh yeah. So sexy and super totally it's a little gothy. Yeah. A little, little punky too. Like he's For got sure. a lot of stuff going on in there.
0: And he's really addressing things. That I feel like a lot of pop stars. It took them decades to get ballsy enough. I love the lyrics and controversy. Am I black or white? Am I straight or gay? Mm-hmm. Do I believe in God? Do I believe in me? And he goes on to invoke the Lord's Prayer in this like dirty, sexy pop song.
1: Because this will come into play m- later on when he becomes a Jehovah's Witness. But he was raised Seventh advan- Adventist Adventist Seventh
2: Day Adventist Seventh Day
1: Adventist, which is a very strict. Christian organization, faction, I know a lot about religion. I know that it is very it is very religious and very strict about what they feel about a lot of things that I don't agree with. And so, so you can see that Prince never really loses that, even though no matter how sexual his stuff gets, there are still the elements of the idea of God, the idea of religion. He never lets that go. And so when people
2: are like, oh, but he's so sexual... It's still his god fear is still there. Yeah, and also sex isn't that fun without it being a little naughty. Yeah, yeah that's why. That's why you got to make it bad
0: girls. Yeah,
2: bad <laughs> uh,
0: Before we get into his true breakout with 1999, and when he becomes full on prince the absolute rock god, giant pop star that we know today. We should say, around this time, he also puts together a side project called The Time, for which he wrote and performed most of the instrumentation and backing vocals, usually under a pseudonym, with lead vocals by Morris Day, who is the comedic relief, uh, uh, the 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 nemesis group in... Uh, Uh, Purple Rain. Is he
1: the comedic relief in Purple Rain or is he the man that puts a woman inside of a dumpster? You
2: didn't find that at all? Yeah, you mean mean comedy. (laughs) I I was like, did he just put her inside of a dumpster? And it's, it's supposed to be funny. She's like, "Where were you? I missed you." And because then he, he left her after picks her fucking up. her, and then he throws her in a dumpster. <laughs> not, not figuratively. He <laughs> literally picks her up and throws her in a garbage can. But remember the part where he's like, "Rah."
1: Do the bird dance Oh my god The bird dance we, so, Oh bird dance is so fun I mean we'll get, Yeah we'll talk We'll we'll talk about the bird dance You didn't laugh at all When he threw that Grown woman into a trash can I mean of course I kind of did But I was just like Damn that's fucking Harsh bro." It was
2: more jarring I've been waiting For you all night
0: where were you? And then he just throws her in a trash. Throws her in a dumpster. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it's very bad, and we should all feel very troubled about. I just about mostly. That.
2: I I saw this movie as a little girl, and I'm sad that this is my my. I just can't stop thinking about woman.
1: Apollonia's panties. Oh, it's I just. It's just a he was swat. rubbing like her a... v- straight up her vagina in that movie. He was he, there. He we was, were watching them. Woo. To have no. sex with each other. Like I think that we we're watching them have sex with each other. I'm sure that there was no actual.
0: All right, we're getting but, ahead of ourselves. We'll get here. to Purple Rain, dude. Uh, this is a quote from Jimmy Jam, member of the time who I mentioned <laughs> Jimmy earlier. Jimmy Jam
1: is just such a funny name. But that's that's, that's name. where the comedy comes in.
0: Uh, but he he, this is just one of many quote, delirious quotes about Prince's work ethic so I, I, I love all of them he said we'd rehearse seven hours a day he'd come to our rehearsals then go to his own rehearsals then he'd cut all night in the studio and the next day he'd show up at our rehearsal with some new song that he wrote and it would be Little Red Corvette or something and we'd be like wow that's dope the other thing he'd do he never wanted you to have a free hand when I would be playing the keyboard boards if uh, if my left hand wasn't doing something he'd say find a part fatten it up your hand shouldn't be idle then he would want you to sing a harmony note then it would turn into they're hitting choreography out there you guys need to hit it too he was like a drill sergeant but it taught you that you could be so much better than you think you can be if you just apply yourself
1: it's just i i feel like he's just putting these standards on people where it's like you did you like it when your father did that to you no why are you doing this to people that can never that are, are no matter how insanely talented they are it's so much to ask of someone that right. that is not as again as obsessed with it as he was with everything
2: i wish that i was obsessed with stuff enough. I don't know if I'd I'd want to hang out with you. What would you be obsessed with? I don't know, but I just knew. All I (laughs) took away from that Disney thing was like I would have never skipped a day going to an amusement park. Right. (laughs) So I'm never going to be Prince. Ever.
0: You'll never be bummed out on a hotel balcony writing a great song.
2: I want to go on Wall Coaster. Yeah. No, my fun takes
1: precedence, but to him, again, everything he thought was music, and I guess if I would think of anything I thought of to the point that Prince thinks about it, I guess it's going to be food. Like, I guess, I mean, I do have a hot dog tattoo, but I also don't, like, think about hot Like, I don't wake up in the middle of the night sweating because I'm thinking about hot dogs. I mean, I have, but I don't usually. <laughs> what is this story? <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that I would be obsessed with. Right. The way I, that Prince is obsessed with. Like, I'm what are you obsessed
2: dance with? Dance and aerial. Train like my circus stuff. Yeah, I think about twenty four seven. Yeah,
0: for me it's the circle and ninety day fiance at this point. Um, which I get it.
1: So maybe we really just need to lean in the way that Prince leans in, and um, this is what we need to learn from him because, like, even after he was getting all this hate and everything for the time when he was doing the touring, he said, "You know what, people that aren't hip to it, I hope they do get hip to it." Where it's like, well, you got to step to me then. Bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't like look he at her in the eyes like, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just called <laughs> Natalie a
0: bitch.
2: <laughs> Are you challenging me today? <laughs>
0: Natalie, point <laughs> counterpoint on that. Wow.
1: Well, I, I think it's just because the, 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 the content is so sexual so it is a little uncomfortable which like watching i watched purple rain yesterday with henry and natalie and henry um pretended to also touch on himself not like like in a silly way Uh, wow Um, this
0: again this story (laughs) is just making me upset (laughs) like like he
2: was being funny like it was a funny he was being fun he's being a fun guy No. It's It's a lot to watch with your family it <laughs> is. Just a warning, if you're gonna watch Purple Rain for the first time, maybe don't watch it With your, your siblings right. or and your If mom. you do
0: want to touch yourself in front of your sister Ask for consent, that's all I'm saying And then, I
2: get, and then it's why I think that's still Isn't it that illegal? Right? Not just, I think just Looking and touching yourself Probably, well I don't know the you laws, know <laughs> you know what, I
1: haven't brushed up On the incest laws, and I think that that's okay For me, I what? think that Are means I'm ta- doing something Right <laughs>
0: So in it's 1982, and Prince is just 24 years old when he went into the studio to make both an art album and his big... Top crossover at the same time. <laughs> Keyboardist Matt Fink said, "I think he was trying to become as mainstream as possible without violating his own philosophy, without having to compromise any of his ideas. To some extent, he was trying to make the music sound nice, something that would be pleasing to the ear of the average person who listens to the radio, yet send a message." Matt Fink also said he was invited to one of, uh, to Prince's bounce house in his backyard uh, <gasps> one afternoon while making 1999, and he walked into the bounce house. And he said, oh my God, I'm waist way deep in what I think is glue. Oh my Elmer's god it glue. wasn't
2: it was balls it and was it balls was and come oh was it was balls and come I got so excited that Prince
1: had a bounce house in his <laughs> no, backyard I don't think he, no Paisley Park I, I imagine it was nowhere near even though I'm saying this outside of controversy I'm saying ride-wise things like that was nowhere near as fun as Neverland I right. will throw that out there Wow but that so, is
0: controversial
1: I, I think I'm was was like when in it comes to ways. rides I am saying when it comes well, to the there content there were some rides that you didn't want to go I, on to We were talking about so 1999 This is really We are Well we're off the rails Now we're off the rails We have papers in front of us This is when he is finally heading in the direction That he wanted to be headed in Finally Prince's audience were getting more diverse So Des Dickerson said In the beginning Especially when we're doing the Fire It Up tour with Rick James We were doing what was foundationally an R&B circuit Even though most of them were arena shows or at least larger cap theaters, we were playing primarily to African-American audiences. But Prince's game plan was that we were going to be this multiracial, multicultural rock band and we weren't going to be pigeonholed. One of the analytics that went into measuring our success in reaching that objective was the racial mix of the audiences. For us collectively, we wanted to be a band that was popular. We didn't want to be a popular black group or a biracial or a multiracial group we wanted to be the biggest band in the world and all that entails and
0: and this is when they become that this yes. album is recorded both at Sunset Sound in Los Angeles and in his purple house outside of Minneapolis and it is heavily influenced by the new romantic movement and new wave music coming from groups like Duran Duran and the new technology being utilized for it now tech is king right now this is actually when technology really takes over popular music sound so mm-hmm. it's about how Having the newest machines. It was about having the Oberheim synthesizer and the Lynn drum machines, the top of the line stuff, newest coming right out at that time. Uh, and uh, that's how they were, were building these songs with these pulsing synthesizer sounds that, be, that defined the sound of the 80s in a way that more so than many other groups at the time.
2: It did, but uh, he was using what was popular at the time. But uh, it really was his own sound. It really was... Prince coming into himself for fucking sure.
0: And defining it for everyone else. Yeah. You know? And, and that's the big thing. It's like, this is what 80s music will sound like, motherfuckers. And that is how it happened. Also, talk about technology though. Video killed the radio star. This is the MTV revolution. And that's how he's really able to break out on another level is with his videos for 1999 mm-hmm. and Little Red Corvette, which were in heavy rotation. This was actually a first for black artists. MTV, much like what we were talking about before with other institutions was classically a very white, whitely programmed uh, uh, channel musically until Mm -hmm. Prince prince was the first one and then of course michael jackson would take over not too long after that but he was really the first one
1: and despite being a double lp 1999 became a number seven hit and went platinum within a few months on the strength of pop anthems like 1999 little red corvette and delirious so i guess being a double lp usually would hold it against you when it comes to the billboard top of the charts i don't understand the of that when it comes to the business. No, I have no idea. But uh, apparently it's very difficult to do that. And this is when he finally is getting the success and the the critiques that he really wanted. And uh, he was hitting it, which really what gives him, well, this is at the same time, That I have to talk about this story. This is really when Michael Jackson and Prince started feuding. And a lot of people would ask, like, oh, they must like each other. And there, there were many times that Quincy Jones would come in and attempt to get them to work together, and they... Fucking hated each other So mm.
2: in 1982 That makes more sense to me Than them liking each other th-
1: I mean it does Because if you think It's like they are so, so, Like all of this build up In 1982 As Little Red Corvette Was competing with Beat It for Airtime on MTV Prince released His breakthrough album 1999 This release Earned the singer His best selling album And nod for Fifth bestseller of the year Coming off of 1981's controversy It set up the proper Career incline for Prince But just one month After 1999 hit stores Jackson released Thriller, enough said there. Michael Jackson goes to the stratosphere and has the biggest album of the year and the biggest album of all time. And Prince is like, I gotta get to that. Hell yeah. So at the same time, this is when, which please look it up, there is footage of when they both, both Michael Jackson and Prince went to a James Brown concert. Uh-oh. And so James Brown invites Michael Jackson up on stage and Michael Jackson starts dancing in a like fusion style of both James Brown and Michael Jackson's moves. And then he goes over and he whispers to James Brown and essentially he said, you should bring up Prince too. You should bring up Prince. So Prince wants to top him. So Prince comes up on stage and he goes over and takes a guitar from one of the people on the stage. Doesn't realize it's a lefty guitar can barely, play I mean, he still shreds it. He still prints. He did it with a lefty guitar. and then he attempts to do these dance moves, but it just the audience was not having it. Oh, and then no. he like bowed because no one was getting into what he was doing. And then he goes to like sk- like spin off stage and he knocks into a prop, this like lantern prop thing that knocks over into the audience. <laughs> and so essentially Michael Jackson set him up. Because he knew that he was going to want to top him, that he comes on stage and just, it's uncomfortable to watch because he just biffs it. And um, so that is really, really when it... So this is after Thriller and 1999 going head to head. And uh, it's just going to spin out from there. I'm going to keep dropping in little tidbits because I'm obsessed with their mounting feud yes. over their lives. It does yes. make
2: me think of Step Brothers. And I would like yes. to see a movie <laughs> of those two. And then
1: he put his balls on his drum set so
2: did you touch my drum set <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> alright I think that is where we're going to we're leave we're leaving off. things out we're leaving things out we were said we were going to <laughs> no there's too much uh,
0: <laughs> we are at the point of purple rain
1: we kept saying that we were going to get to purple rain but I don't you guys we have too much information Um, and I think because we've said this multiple times throughout the episode mm-hmm. I think we're just going to kick off next episode with it because with I it. don't want to rush through it you Hell can't
0: yeah and I, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. And we just have so much to talk about. Guys, I think this actually may be our first three-parter already. I don't even think Wizard and the Bruiser's done a three-parter before. This is obscene, but it is too prolific. I, again, we've only talked about what... Four or five albums? Of
1: 39. of thirty-nine And of course we're gonna have to clip through some of them. Well, we're yeah. gonna have to clip through some of
0: them. But I even saw there's like an oral history of just his Super Bowl halftime show online. There's <laughs> so just, much I
1: beat mean, this so shit. much. Shit.
0: So even his later career that doesn't have as many memorable albums has all these memorable moments and things. To talk about with all that stuff, and well, of course, you
2: can't you can't speed through Purple Rain. You gotta yeah, take it. You nice gotta take your time. Slow. We gotta take it nice and slow because
0: <laughs> so rain, what he did dude, it has been in my. I wanna say it's in my head all week. It's been in my soul all week. Um that and entire also album.
2: little red oh, mm-hmm.
1: So I so think like, Nikki
2: has gotten into my soul. I have been trying. <laughs> it's the
1: same with Mariah Carey though, and sitting and like a child trying to sing along with the high pitched <laughs> singing that I could never
2: hit. Right.
0: So here we are. Prince is now mo- literally we're at the point where he's transitioning from nightclub act to arena act. This is the period where he's on the map fully as the man we know as Prince. Not yet the symbol though. And he is about to make the craziest demand. I've This is the most impressive thing I've ever seen by a person in a career saying to his management, if you don't, Fine, if you don't get me a deal for a major motion picture, I'm going to drop you. That is where we're at in Prince's story. That is where we'll leave you this week.
1: The cojones, the cojones, the cojones. That's what I want you to remember about Prince. Maybe it's like... He's all nut. Yeah. What am I learning about this? I need to be nutting more. I need to start believing in myself more of just like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm not asking you for this. I'm telling you I deserve it. And right. that's what I'm taking from all of this research. Yes.
0: right? And, and that is where we're, that is where we're going to get to next week. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about sign of the times. I can't wait to talk about just all this, just huge, Career Explosion Prince the God is next week. Let's get into it. The rise, the fall, the rise again as per usual. The the absolutely tragic early passing. Let's
1: cry again and oh, make it I'll like I will. I cry about it. It's because just because I'm going to wear be wearing those Apollonia panties. Ooh, there you oh, go. be
0: chafed.
2: The ones with go. the strain that's just like loose red fabric on the front. Yeah.
1: And
0: now it's time for apologies. I'm sorry for all the cum jokes I made. Sorry, I don't have
2: anything to apologize for because I'm too perfect. You're an angel.
0: I was trying to think about it, but yes, Natalie, yet again, you show, the demon shows us she is actually truly an angel.
1: She's an angel. (laughs) And us (laughs) angels are flying to heaven because I'm excited about our move to Spotify. We're not going to die. We're just going to Spotify. Ah, that's good pop history is going to spotify exclusive on valentine's day february 14th 2020 put a heart on it if you haven't tried spotify it's free to download and use on any device no credit card needed
0: all of our episodes are already on there so go ahead and check it out all you have to do is search for our show in spotify to start listening for free and jackie can you download all episodes for offline
1: listening with a free account sorry not sorry holden sorry not sorry you can download all episodes for offline listening with a free account.
2: Oh my god.
1: With Spotify, (laughs) you can listen to all your favorite podcasts and music and think about how much Prince... Would come all over the stage, <laughs> all in one place, and that's Spotify.
2: We're excited about it. And we're going to listen to pop history together on Spotify. Free Hell on Spotify. Yeah. We love you guys.
0: Yeah. Also check us out patreon.com page P, page seven podcast. Also, also check me out on twitch.tv forward slash so.
2: You can check me out and the uh, natty gene on. All the bullshit. And I'm Jackie. And you can follow me on Jack That
1: Worm. Yay! Yay! Yay. Oh my God, we have so much more prints to talk about. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.